Hello and welcome into American Hammers Radio. This is episode five. I am your host, Kyle, via the Fresno Irons, and joined as always by the one and only curly-headed master, Zach Attack. How are you today, Zach? I'm good. I am no longer sick, so that's always a good sign. Well, I'm glad. I think no West Ham fan is sick right now because on Saturday, West Ham United pulled their third consecutive win of the season, second in the Premier League with a 2-0 win over Norwich. And I think most of us, including you and I, were expecting a major barn burner of goals, but it didn't turn out that way. West Ham United surprised us all, defended surprisingly well. We pulled over a 2-0 win, and we got goals from my main man now, and I want to be his homies. I'm calling it new fan club, Halaire's Homies. Uh, Sebastian Halaire, he got another goal um, beautifully done, and Arthur Masuaku, whoa, yo, Arthur Masuaku, he uh, did a phenomenal job with that cross in the box, but maybe the moment of the match sack was... Andre Yarmolenko coming back from that injury. Moments after he hit the woodwork, he found the ball. It bounced to him. And what does he do with that beautiful left foot of his? He slots into the neck to make it, uh, slots it into the um, net. Excuse me. I got a little Texan there on you. Um, slots it into the net. 2 0. West Ham United wrap up all three points. Huge moment for Yarmo. Um, Zach, honestly, what are your thoughts? Because I walked away a very happy hammer after that match. I was thrilled. I was thrilled that we were able to win 2 nothing. that Pookie got walked away with only a couple of shots and nothing more than that. Um, that in fact that our defense really only gave up two legitimate scoring opportunities. And both times, one time they sailed right over the crossbar when he had a wide open net. And the other time just found back, just found the goalkeeper. So, we got really lucky in the fact that Norwich being Norwich, we did not let Norwich become Norwich. We did not let them play their game, which was the first in Premier League this season and was fantastic for us. Look, I was incredibly worried. Um, his name is Pookie, and he was making me feel like I wanted to puke going into the match. Uh, he's a guy that is somehow, some way, he's a, he's a journeyman. He's been everywhere. He's played in every league. Finally gets in the top flight. He's taken full advantage. He's got five goals in four games. He had five goals in three games coming into that game against us. And I got to eat some humble pie here, Zach. I have to. What a game by Ogbonna. Ogbonna played well. I can't stand the man. He did a phenomenal job in the back line. Um, they marked well. Diop looked good. Maybe Pellegrini's right. Maybe that's the partnership because that's the first time I walked away from Ogbonna since the last season at the Bowl Inn, feeling pretty confident about the way he played. Um, and so I, I got to eat some humble pie here, Zach. I, I, I'm going to apologize to every Ogbonna fan and want you to know that um, it was intentional what I said, but I, I, I take it back. Um, I, I didn't regret it at the time. I regret it now. And I want you to know that, um, Zach, I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you. You had to take the brunt of – me uh, talking shit on Ogbana, and I was wrong because he played well, and I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, he yes, he played well. Um, I read an article that said um, shortly after the game that said that this is our best defensive line going forward, and this is what we need to play going forward in order to be defensively sounder sound. I still think it's Norwich. At the end of the day, they just got promoted. Um, there's still a ways to go, 
But it's a step in the right direction. It's definitely a huge step going forward because we all know that defense wins championships. And without a solid defense, you really can't get anything going if you're down, if you let in seven goals a game. I, I agree. I mean, you uh, take a look at Liverpool. Uh, they were, they could score goals left and right. They really weren't going to challenge for anything until they brought in Van Dyke and Allison. Once they came into the side, it's a different team, and now they're really deadly and really fun to watch. Um, I, I, I got to admit, I'm, I, I appreciate you keeping me grounded, but I, I'm having a hard time staying on the ground here, Zach. I, I want to be blowing bubbles. I feel like I can find fortune, if I may, because right now what's happening is West Ham United are doing the one thing I said in our preview show they had to do. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Right. You're supposed to beat Norwich. You're supposed to beat Watford. And Brighton away, you're supposed to win that game. But getting a point away in the Premier League is always a good result. It's always a good result. And we have to remember that. West Ham United currently sitting with seven points. And because of Sheffield United's ability to get two goals late against Chelsea, or not late, but second half goals, we were in the top four there for a stretch, buddy. We were in the top four there for a stretch. So West Ham United... This is the team that I think we've always expected it to be. We're we're sitting in seventh right now, just on goal differential, Zach. Like, am I crazy, Zach? Should I calm down? Because honestly, I'm I'm feeling really excited, Zach. I'm feeling really excited. I want to get a tattoo that says 2019-2020 champions right here on my forehead. I'm feeling that confident, Zach. All right. Well, I I kind of feel like I'm a Jewish shrink right now. On one hand, we're doing very good. We're winning games, so we're supposed to be winning. We're playing well, and everything's starting to work together. On the other hand, it's early. It's September, people. We still got the EFL Cup. We still got the FA Cup. We still have injuries that may come out. Antonio is out for it until at least the new year, which will hurt us, but it's going to give him time to work on a shoe line. Um, <laughs> you do know Michael Antonio. There's a Michael Antonio shoe line, right? Oh, I'm aware. I'm okay, aware. just making I sure. I might already be a member of the fan club. I might. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't Lavar Ballas and charge an incredibly amount of money that's retarded and stupid. I, I hope that he's humble about it. I don't want him to Lavar Ballas. I've never seen a Michael Antonio men's shoe, so I think we're good on that front. <laughs> Unless he's doing something. Yes, unless he's doing something to know about behind the scenes, which if he is, that's okay with me. But I highly doubt it because he, he makes a living with his feet. Um, anyways, but we got – it's good to be happy. It's good to be excited. It's good to look forward to the prospects of going forward, the fact that things are starting to click and we're starting to fire on point. Um, the Yarmolenko goal, that was fantastic, that, both for him and for us because he needs to step into Antonio's boots and take over his position for the long term. And him getting that goal is a major confidence booster. And I love the celebration going with the training staff, celebrating with them. I thought that was a very nice touch to it because he's been out for about eight months now. And they were the only ones that he really met with on a daily basis and got him back up to playing shape. So thank you to our training staff for being as good as they are. I do want to mention something about Yarmolenko. You bring up a good point. I think people are forgetting that Yarmolenko was one of the first names on the team sheet last year before he got hurt, and he was playing well enough at times that we were talking about selling Antonio. So let's not 
let's not forget how good Andre Yamalinko really is. And I know that he's been injured and, he, and it's an Achilles and it's a tough injury to come back from. But let's not forget the reason we bought this guy, the reason we paid $20 million from Dortmund for him. And Dortmund, that's a pretty big fee for Dortmund to ask for a player. That's a pretty large fee. You know, I mean, yes, he's not Yang, but that's a pretty large fee that the German league is asking for that player. I, I think sometimes we forget what kind of player we actually got, and I think he showed it yesterday. That ball, I mean, that was a poor pass by Noble. Sorry, Noble, you're still Mr. West Ham. I love you. But that was a poor pass by Noble. That ball hint, tends to bounce to him, and look what he does with it. Look at the instinct on him. The instinct to throw his foot at it, slap it into the net. That's a beautiful goal. I mean, I think we forget the quality that this guy has in that left foot. He is a very, very dangerous player. Well, I don't think it was a poor ball. I think it wasn't a pass. It was a deflected shot. And sure, he's not going to get the assist, even though he should. I wish, by the way, I, full disclosure, I wish we did like hockey assists. If you were the last one to touch the ball, you get an assist. So if a goalkeeper clears it all the way down to the other side and you just happen to head it in, that should, like, well, put it down, then take three steps and put it in. That should be an assist to the goalkeeper. But if we get a secondary assist like they did in the Major League Soccer back in the very, very beginning, I'd be absolutely beyond thrilled. Keeping track of points would be so easy for me. But anyways, but... I got to disagree. I'm not positive that was a shot. I'm not positive. I I love the shot. I deflected on him. Where's the reverse angle, people? Where is the reverse angle? Show me that. God, now now he's calling VAR to determine it was a shot or not. My God, you love that VAR, Zach. You love yes, that. I do. Yes, I do. It is great. It's done a lot for baseball and baseball statistics, hockey statistics, and a, a football statistics even. It's great. We just need to properly impose it. We need to stop kiss, like waiting around, twiddling our nose hairs for five minutes because that slows the game down or nobody's paying to watch your ref pick his nose. I, I, I can't. I cannot blame you, um, but I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree with your curly-headed madness. I don't think that it was a uh, – I really don't think it was a shot. But I, I want to get into this question here because I think this is interesting, especially – I've listened back to our podcast last week, and, you know, I had a pretty sour tone. I was pretty, I was pretty worried about the defense, and I'm going to go ahead and ask you this. Well, what did you love that you saw on Saturday from West Ham United? What did you love? Well, the fact there's a bunch of things that I love. The fact that the crowds, the crowd was all behind the team. The crowd was in full force, very adamant about being in full force. The fact that Alejo did another give and go um, with Masawaku to get the ball off him. Well, no, no, no. Masawaku did it with Anderson. Well, anyways, there was a give and go, give and go, and they got it to um, Anderson to put it in the back of the net. That was beautiful. That's how I think he's going to score most of his goals from here on out. Are these give and go type plays that allows him to um, get the ball up, make some room, and then get the ball back. And I'm like, this works for me. But also the fact that our defense kept Puki, who has been one of the hottest shooters in the Premier League so far, um, off the score sheet and really just with nothing. I love that. It was, uh, it was awesome. We played very well on the back line. We gave only really two clear shots that you mentioned earlier. But I'm going to tell you what I loved, Zach. And, you know, first off, I'm a little offended right now. You just tried to steal all the things, and I asked you for one thing. I'm sorry. You're kind of like 
you're kind of like that you know, little kid I used to sit there and say, what color do you want? They go, I want all the colors. And I'm like, that's unfair. I asked you a color. Choose one color. So I'm like I, that, I, Full disclosure, I'm like that at a barbecue. You want a hamburger or you want a hot dog? Yes. <laughs> yes. So you want both? Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I love, Zach. And, and I do love hamburgers and hot dogs. But I'm going to tell you what I love. And this is, this is see, look, I'm going to choose the burger. All right? Mm -hmm. Choosing the burger. And I'm telling you right now, I love the fact that we have a center forward right now that understands spacing and can get into those areas where those balls are coming in. How many times over the last two, three seasons have we seen that ball that Arthur Masuaku gets into the box and sends across net and nobody's fucking there? A lot. Nobody's there. I loved you, Andy Carroll. I did. But Sebastian Haller is making me realize how good you were not for us. <laughs> And I'm telling you right now, Sebastian Allaire, what, no matter, I think he's just one hell of a player. I think he's a guy that understands what Pellegrini wants to do. And that's why you mentioned a video too long, uh, not too long ago about how we should play Allaire. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter that, and I'm going to say this now. I don't think it matters what formation we play. I think that guy is that intelligent. He understands what Pellegrini wants. He's fine playing by himself. He understands spacing. He's big. He's strong. He can do a lot of different things. And I really love the fact that we have a center forward that can finally finish consistently because I think, I, I think he's 50% right now in the box of balls that he had a chance to finish on. I really do. If you go back and look from the three games he's played, he's got three goals in three games. He's given us a goal every 90 minutes. I mean, you, what else do you want from a center forward, Zach? What do you want? Goals. That's really yes. And that's what he's given us. And not only is he giving us that, he's making our team better. All these pieces we have around him, what everybody want, loves to shit on Arthur Masuaku, Zach. But the truth is, if you have a center forward that's finishing, we're going to love Arthur. When Philippe Anderson's got him, we're going to love him. When Lanzini's got him, we're going to love him. I think Sebastian Allaire is going to make us realize how Arnautovic wasn't the player that we really thought he was. Yes, he was good for us, but he wasn't great. Sebastian Allaire is going to be great. Um, I don't believe that Andy Carroll was all that great for us. He was good at times, but Sebastian Hilaire is going to be great. Um, Carlton Cole's the last striker I loved, and Sebastian Hilaire's making me not really like Carlton Cole anymore. I, I, I'm just being honest with you. The guy is a different level striker that we've never had. There's a reason we paid $45 million for him, Zach. There's a reason. Well, so my, my biggest question is, will – if Alejo keeps going at the pace that he's going, will he get a call-up? I mean, I know sure ahead of him is a lot of French people, like like Mbappe. But Alejo is playing in a much dip, more difficult league than Ligue 1 is, and he's playing for a team that does not have the money that Paris Saint-Germain has. And and he's also not what he Alejo's not playing with Neymar all the time, so. And they're not winning eight, we're not winning games five nothing, six one, stuff like that. So it's a legitimate question. Can he get a can he earn a call up? Can Deschamps finally say, all right, you've got enough to get a call up? I, I, I think he was. I'm gonna make this very simple for you. Nobody really knew who Dimitri Pyatt was. He comes to West Ham United, he does what he does, he gets his call up. Because I'll tell you this right now. You take a team like West Ham United and you give us prominence and you give us notoriety. Whoever that player is, whoever his country is, is going to be happy to have him because you know what they're going to say? Well, shit, man, he plays for West Ham and he's balling out. And I hate that they say that, Zach, I do, but that's the truth. 
the guy will get the recognition if he continues on the pace that he is. Okay, so hang on, counterpoint. People in France knew about Dimitri Payet, and that's about it. If you look at the last season, Payet was in Marseille before he came to West Ham. Um, he like hit between him, Andre Ayew, and Andre Pierginiak. They scored half the team's goals. Like they were all in half the teams of Marseille's goals scored. So if you're outside of France or don't follow the league on, you probably had no idea who this kid was. But I would argue, I would argue this: if you're if you're outside of Marseille, you don't know who Payet was because let's be honest. Like you just you literally just said the French. Let me let me tell you something about the French. They get les tired, so they don't really pay attention like they well, should. So I, I I anytime you bring the French in, Zach, anytime you bring the French in. Your argument becomes invalid, unless you're talking about food. They're brilliant when it comes to food. I I, I admit that, Frank. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Payet was a journeyman. Payet played for a bunch of teams before France, which has similar colors to Norwich, by the way. Before coming in, before uh, arriving in Marseille. So that's all I'm going to have to say about Payet. Last we're going to talk about league on for now. There you have it. Um, I just want you to know that Kyle from the Fresno Iron said that the French are not cool, and I'm a stand by that statement. Zach really <laughs> likes the French because he gets lay tired at times, as you can tell. Hey, and hey, they make great wine. They make great wine. You know what? I'm in California, buddy. We make great wine, too. <laughs> Man, I feel like they make better wine than Californians. All right, so we talked about what loved us. We got on a little tangent there, but now now we got to get into the real thing. What surprised you in that game? What was the thing that surprised you? And don't be taking the hamburger, the hot dog, and the potato salad on this one. I'm going to go a different route. The fact that we were able to keep Norwich off the score sheet completely. They only had a couple of shots, if I remember correctly, and there was only one legitimate chance, and they missed. They went wide over. Wide. Over the bar, and it's – I don't know how we did it, but we did it. And so I'm thrilled with that. I'm going to agree with you, and that, that was surprising. But there was something that surprised me, and it happened during the match when my phone went off with an ESPN update. And I'm going to let you go here, Zach, because I know that we've talked at length on this. But the, th- the biggest thing that surprised me is when I pulled out my phone, and I'm sure all West Ham fans that have the ESPN app got the same update. Javier Hernandez Chicharito has been sold to Valencia for a little under $8 million. And as the game's going on, shortly after there, we get the update. Sebastian Allaire scores, eases that little uh, burn a little bit. But it's an interesting situation, Zach. It is. And I know that you have some serious thoughts here. And I'm going to turn the floor to you. But I'm going to say it's a very strange move. To sell Chicharito at this point, especially when you look at our striker depth. Give me a second. I need. I need. I need to do something. I'm going to do a little play-by-play here. Uh, Zach's pulling out a Corona. Uh, yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna get the little his little Corona extra on it. By the way, he's wearing the Chicharito scarf. Is that a Chicharito kit as well? That yes, is. It is. I, I want everybody to know right now that Zach is a very white person, but right now in this light, he looks very Mexican. <laughs> I'm a, yes, I'm the white. According to my freshman year roommate, he's told me that I'm the whitest white guy on campus. Not right now. Not right now. I feel I like I'm speaking Island. <laughs> um, but anyways, yes. Okay, so I'm still trying to wrap my brain around why we would sell Chicharito when the only other person that we have is a jury. And a jury 
he played one game for us, and everyone in the chat rooms and all the Facebook groups seemed to hate him. And he seemed to think that he wasn't great. Even I said last week that I think he should go down to the U23 side, get a couple of games in the U23, just to improve his game, get his timing right with uh, the English game, just to understand it. But, and then, because we already had a legitimate backup in Chicharito, Chicharito come in and off the bench and play well. Um, and he was, he could even come in for 20 minutes towards the end, give a layer some time off, um, and come in and still be a th uh, physical threat in the box, which is what we needed and we needed it for so long. But the issue is the way that Pellegrini wants to play. He is the piece of the puzzle that you think goes where it should go. It looks like where it should go, but it doesn't fit. And so you take a hammer out and you try to hammer it in and then you finally make it fit. This whole thing, and then, but I, I understand that no, like everyone was, you either loved him or you hated him. And I loved him. I loved the fact that um, whenever where my Chicharito kit in and around my area in um, north of DC, there was a huge Mexican population, there's a huge Hispanic population. Um, they all knew exactly who I was wearing, what I was wearing. They would all come over and talk to me because of it. But and I love that. I love that I was making connection with these people and that they understood that. Hey, Western United, Chicharito, hey! But and also, Chicharito—he was our second highest goal scorer behind Arnautovic last year. So, and he—we know he can score goals. He scored the uh, opening of the opener of the season against Brighton. He—he he scored a nice, pretty, a pretty nice goal. And he can do that on a semi-regular basis. Sure, it's not going to happen every game, but you can, you don't expect to score every game. If you do, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong sport. Um, but this kind this baffles me, even the because we're losing him to Seville. Um, and sure, I understand people like, oh, just cover losses here, make some money off it. But at the same time, he's a legitimate goal scorer. He scored, I think, 16 goals in um. In his time with uh, West Ham, he has 16 and 55 appearances. Um, and for Bayern Leverkusen, which he had one less appearance, by the way, he scored 28 goals. So, I mean, sure, we didn't ex we didn't get as much as we could have gotten out of him, but we it's it's difficult. I don't. I mean, I know we weren't using him properly. Only in that position that he was in was using. So it's just kind of like, what do we do now? And so, I mean, sure, Sevilla, um, Grady Sevilla coming up from the U23 side to fill that void is good. It's good for him, but we don't have a legitimate backup striker yet. And we may, need, we may wait till January to get a legitimate backup striker. Or if we can find an unattached player, um, let's find an unattached player. Player, I think Balotelli is still available, but that's a fact. You know, Zach... I hear you, but I'm, I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate with you, and I'm going to tell you the truth. There is no point to keep that wage on the books if he's not going to be playing every moment of the game um, that we can have him out there. And the truth is, he's, he's – I think the part I really disagree with you on is I don't think he ever was the puzzle piece that Pellegrini wanted, and I don't think he ever fit into what Pellegrini wanted to do. I think the, the truth is Javier Hernandez – is a fox in the box. And what that means to people that don't understand, because people say it, but I don't think you get it, he is an opportunistic goal scorer. That means he just tends to find himself in the right times, but coming from open play, he doesn't score a ton of goals. He didn't at United, 
And if you look at his best goals at United, he scored a lot of them. Um, and what I, I'm not trying to, you know, be rude, but they're kind of trash goals. They bounce around in the box. They find them. The ball finds itself at the, at the feet of Hernandez and he puts it in the back of the net. It was kind of the same thing at uh, Real Madrid. And here's the harsh truth, Zach. Why has Javier Hernandez never been able to be the number one striker at any of the clubs he's been at, other than Leverkusen? Because he is, doesn't really fit into a system where he can be the guy. He has to... He, Javier Hernandez is a Robin. He's always been a Robin. And he's a damn good Robin, but he's a very poor Batman. And the problem is we have a Batman now. And as you know, most Batmen like to work alone. So Sebastian Allaire is the kind of guy that I think revels in the spot to be on his own. And I think he's proving it. Do I think he benefit? Does any striker benefit with a partnership? Absolutely. But some strikers like to be selfish. And I, I say it to this, the people that hate, um, hate on Cristiano Ronaldo because he's a dick. Well, you know what? I want my striker to be a dick. I want him to want the ball. I want him to put it in the back of the net. So the, the point is, Zach, if I had to choose, and this is the thing I think a lot of people miss, between keeping Javier Hernandez or signing Lanzini through 2023, I'm signing Lanzini through 2023 because Lanzini is going to be there. And maybe that money needed to be freed up on the books so that we could pay Lanzini what we're now paying him. And you, you get that wage off the books, I think opportunities arise. Is it scary where we're thin? Yes. Did they count on having... Antonio possibly there? Yes, and Antonio's not there. Um, and this new Swedish guy, Ar Ariat, or whatever the hell you say his name, his clothing brand's phenomenal. At least he's got that going for him. But, you know, it's really a situation where I think it had to happen, Zach. As sad as it is, and I know I have a Chicharito jersey. I was bummed to see him go. He has the greatest song in West Ham history. You know? Um, one of them. But it, it's tough. It's really tough to have a guy on the books that can't ever be your main striker. Um, well, especially for a wage that he was getting, what, 140 pounds? So 140,000 a week or something insane like that? Yep. He I mean, paid player on the books. I mean, yes, we were overpaying him, but at the same time, there were so, like so many. There have been so many opportunities that we've missed out. Like the ball's been bouncing around in the box, and there's nobody there to slot it home. And I've been screaming, especially last year. I've been screaming at my television, "Where to put Chicharito on? Take Arnie off!" And it didn't happen. And so it's kind of sad that we could not find a system to like a two like a two system thing to work. Like when Arnie's on, we play like this. When Chicharito's on, we play like that. That would have been great. I think that would have been a lot better than what we have. But at the same time, I understand that it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to implement a system. So personally, I would love to see Chicharito at some point join the major American soccer league in the here in the U.S. and play indoor soccer. I would love it. I think he would score. I think he would be the top goal scorer this season. Oh, he would, but he's never going to do it. Have well, you heard I, we did the same thing about him. He said about the MLS. Have you heard those things? I guess. We said the same thing about um, Landon Donovan, and Landon Donovan came out of retirement to play for the San Diego Soccer last season. So anything is possible. You, you know what? I can't argue that for you. <laughs> well, interesting points there on Chicharito. I, I think I 
agree with some of what you said, but overall, I think it was a necessary thing. I don't like the fact that we're thin up front. I do not. And I, and I think you have a very valid concern. And I, you know, who knows if we'd have given Chicharito an actual run in the side, who knows what would have happened, but he never really got a true run. Whether you say he did or he didn't, he did not. Uh, when he was starting three or four games in a row, it was because of an injury. So it's an interesting situation with Chicharito. Um, we're wrapping up the show here. We're coming down to the wire. Um, as all West Ham fans know, we're on international break. We're not back until Monday, September 16th for the Premier League match against Aston Villa. So we're going to hold our preview on that for episode six. So make sure you tune in for that. We have a new segment coming called the Zach Attack, and he's going to Zach Attack Villa. And I cannot wait to hear what he's going to say. Um, but right now we're going to get into our close here. I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions from this from this match. Um, who is your man of the match for this uh, game against Norwich? Who was it? Yermolenko. The fact that he he scored again, or he scored for the first time in almost a year, and the fact that he is now scored, he's happy. He's got that. He's got that weight off of his back, and he can finally be like, I can score. I can play. I can play this game again. I know what to do. And so a lot of a big kudos goes out to our training staff to getting him back in working order. I, I couldn't agree. I think that's an excellent call out. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to go a different way, and you might not like this one. But my man of the match is Manuel Pellegrini. And let me tell you why. Manuel Pellegrini looks like he got in their ass in that week. They played way better defensively. They look like they're running the offense the way he wants it done. And it looks like everybody's buying in. And look, Philippe Anderson proved on that Saturday that he is a cut above the rest. He was killing people. And he is going to make Lanzini better. But right now, man of the match for me, and I know he doesn't play, but it's Pellegrini. I think the Pellegrini effect is starting to take hold of West Ham United, and I am incredibly excited. There's a reason that I'm trying to grow my hair out, okay? Mm -hmm. I want to look like Pellegrini. Because I feel like if I look like Pellegrini, maybe I can get a girlfriend, Zach. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so we got, we're going to start something new here. Uh, we've given you our man of the match. We're going to hand out our cards. What's our yellow and our red cards from the match in this week in West Ham? So, Zach, I'm going to let you go first. What is your yellow card? Um, I really hate to say it. I really – I mean, our yellow card really is trying to get rid of those – um, defensive mishaps because when he when Norwich had the wide open net he snuck in behind the defender and it was just wide open for a net beckoning for something to fill it and nothing filled it we need we need to be stronger defensively we need to be up there we need to be heading the ball we need to see the ball see the ball in advance and do do something with it I, uh, I think it's a great point my yellow card's going to go out to all West Ham fans and the reason I say that is like you said earlier, and I appreciate it, we got to keep our emotions in check. We have to realize it is early. We have beaten the teams we're supposed to beat. We've done a good job. But let's not forget what happened against Man City, and that's where we eventually want to be. And Man City beat us down 5-0, and we've got a long way to go. Wins against Watford, Norwich, and a draw against Brighton aren't going to change anybody's opinion about West Ham United. And we have to remember that. So I, I'm going to give the yellow card to the West Ham Nation, the West Ham family, Guys, remember, keep the faith strong, but keep those emotions in check. Because if things go wrong in the next game against Aston Villa, let's not blow the team up. 
Um, who does your red card go for? Just so everybody's aware, we give red cards out for the what the fuck moments that we had. So who is your red card for? I need to say, there really wasn't a red, a red card, in my opinion. There was not really one of those, what are you doing, other than the wide open net situation. That was about it. Um, I really, I just said, I really don't think I'm going to, if we keep playing what we're doing, I think I'm going to have, I'm not going to give out a red card, really. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Zach, I'm giving one out. And you know who I'm giving it to? Who? Darth Masuaku. I don't know if anybody hasn't seen it. You need to go to the Fresno Irons page. I shared the video. Have you seen this video? There's oh, a fan. There, no, there's a fan that meets him at his car. Oh, yes, that. He is trying to get him to say um, ship heads, and he keeps hearing shit heads, and it's hilarious. So I'm giving a red card to you, Masawaku, because I believe you knew what she said. You just were sick of dealing with her. So red card to you, Masawaku. But I still love you, and nobody does it like Arthur Masuaku. All right. Well, that did, did you see the um, – there was a clip. I forget who did the nutmeg. I think it might have been Anderson. But Anderson did a nutmeg, and Alaire's in the neck is sitting there with his hands above his head going, no. Yes, that was Philippe Anderson. But, Zach, we are ending our show. Before we do, we have a shameless plug from the curly-headed maestro himself, Zach. Give us your shameless plug. So a friend of mine, so whether you know this or not, Maxim was doing CoverGirl um, vote, fan vote. Um, and a friend of mine is actually in the running to be um, one of the, to be a CoverGirl. Um, so if you go onto my Instagram page, and it's at wikipuff88, W-I-K-I-P-U-F-F-88, links in the description to vote. You get one free vote a day. Um, if you want to pay to vote, you can pay to vote. Um, all better, all proceeds go to the Wounded Warriors Foundation. It's a great cause. Um, helps out a lot of wounded warriors. Um, but go give her her vote. Uh, the whole it's a whole long thing, and the whole thing ends in November. So this is only stage one. So you're probably going to hear me do this again. No worries. Make sure you give her my number if she's going to be a Maxim Cover Girl. Would love to get to know her. So my vote counts. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Shameless plug for me. <laughs> well, once again. Thank you to all West Ham fans and all American uh, Hammers listeners. We appreciate everything. Thank you to uh, Tim for helping us set up on this. And once again, as always, make sure you tune in next week. And if you find yourself uh, up in the Delaware, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, wherever the hell the curly-headed maestro may be, make sure you uh, give Zach a big old hug and, and rub his hair and say you're no David Louise. Um, also, uh, if you find yourself out in Fresno, California, and you want to sit down and have a West Hamber Ale, that's right, Full Circle Brewing Company has brought back the West Hamber Ale, the beer specifically brewed for the Fresno Irons. Make sure you come down to Full Circle any Saturday that West Hamber playing, and we will be there. As always, come on, you Irons.